Hello, come on in. As everybody's coming in, if you could just make sure that you are on mute, that would help. We're gonna get started in just a few minutes. So excited to see everybody. Awesome. I love it when the screen starts to fill up with people. It means we're gonna have a good time. All right, okay, we are recording, awesome. Okay, we're gonna um, go ahead and get started. I'm just gonna do a quick little intro, uh, tell you a little bit about myself. I was trying to do that last night in the uh, opening ceremonies and we had just a, a little bit of a hiccup. I've got three kids and they all um, were having some, some real meltdowns about some homework stuff. They are actually going back to school in person today. So it's been a while and they, they weren't quite sure what to do with themselves. And then a couple other family things popped up. So, uh, you know, you can have all the best plans, right? And then the world has a different plan for you. So uh, we're going to go ahead and get started now. My name is Michelle Burkhard. I live in Midland, Michigan. Uh, we've got about, I don't know, maybe eight inches of snow out here today, but it's supposed to be a beautiful sunny day. I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, my background is actually in teaching. I was a classroom teacher for a number of years. And then I transitioned into um, being a school administrator. And then uh, we had some life changes. I'll tell you a little bit about that. And all of a sudden I found myself at home with my kids for an extended period of time. And then wondering what in the world would I, am I gonna do with myself? And so about 12 years ago, I started my own business called Grow By One. And we really help people understand what's the real problem what do you want as a solution and how can you get that in the fastest way possible? I've also been a speaker, trainer, and a coach for about 10 years now. I, have, I speak about 200, sometimes 300 events a year. This 2020 season is no different. We've just done a lot right here from my living room. So um, I'm happy to be here with you today and talking about the spiritual weight loss journey. So I know you're gonna be exposed to all kinds of really cool things this week, and I'm so excited to, to take that journey along with you and to fill my toolbox with extra skills and tools. And, um, but what we're gonna talk about today has the potential for you to take all of those tools and up-level them. So I've had my own weight loss journey. I'll tell you more about my story today, but I have to tell you that this one idea that we're gonna talk about today, it's like, all of those other skills and tools and ideas were the skeleton, but the spiritual part of it is like the body that gives you momentum and power to move forward. So you might wanna take some notes. What I usually tell people is definitely take notes on things that I say. I see you, Kathy, awesome. Uh, but also as you're going through, I want you to check in with your, your own thinking. So if I say something and you're like, oh, that's good, I'm gonna write that down. The next thing I want you to ask yourself pretty quickly is, why is that thing important? I don't think we as learners do that enough. We check in with our own thinking um, because you caught that for some reason. So I wanna make sure that you write down what your thought is as well, because that's equally as important, probably more so important than what I'm gonna tell you today, okay? Awesome. Okay, so traditional, weight loss methods, uh, they really focus on something outside of yourself, okay? So 
uh, you know, you have a program, you have, um, let's change these habits. You might have a mentor or a guru, right? Who says, here, I'm going to tell you all the things that you need to know. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. It's just, it's an outside of yourself focus, okay? And they also require a lot of willpower, right? Anybody ever had to use a lot of willpower to, to make a change in your life? Yeah, and that works for a time. Usually it's a short amount of time. And you might gain some small wins, but over time what happens is that you have some failure. Um, you, you've spent a lot of money, time, resources, and energy on whatever that thing is. And at the end, if you don't have the result that you want, or like, like me, many of you probably have had the yo-yoing. Anybody ever experienced the yo-yoing, right? Yeah, that's probably what brought you here this week in the first place. It's because we're trying to use that willpower. And then what happens when we don't get our results is that we not only have that return of maybe con some compulsive eating or negative habits, or just looking at ourselves in a different way, we kind of, we, we pile on the blame, the shame and the guilt, right? I'm not alone, right? Uh, and then it's just this vicious cycle, right? So the, the research shows us that Obviously, we know in January, gym memberships are up, right? Um, people are on whatever the new greatest fad is. Um, you know, they're spending money on equipment. Right now, if you want to go buy a treadmill or a Peloton, do it this month because you'll get the best deal on it. Uh, and then also there's a, this resurgence of these gurus, right? So I'm going to launch my new program, my new thing. But the research shows us that by January 15th, so that's in four days, guys, January 15th, up to 80% of people will now be done with whatever they decided to do on January 1st, just done. So that means you got your equipment over in the corner and now it's starting to collect clothes, okay? Uh, and the research shows us that by February 15th, that number goes up to almost 95%. Now, is that surprising to any of you here? Not really. I mean, come on. We've, we've been a part of that number, haven't we? Uh, and so when we do this, especially every single year, again, it's that vicious cycle of blame, shame, and guilt. And all of those emotions that we collect, they turn into dis-ease. That's what I call disease, dis-ease. Definitely discomfort. Uh, you're spending a lot of money on taking care of your health. Um, stress and anxiety for sure. Definitely uh, those of us who do this cycle every single year, we have a propensity to have an early death than our peers. So uh, I don't know how many times you guys have been on that cycle. I know I've been there. Um, so if you could show me use, using, I love that we're using reaction buttons. So if you've got a reaction button or I can see your face, uh, give me a thumbs up if you've had at least one cycle of this where you've made a decision and for whatever reason, it just didn't go. Yeah, we are not alone, okay? So why does this happen? Well, I know that it happens because we're not really focusing on the root cause of the issue. Again, the root cause is not a, a problem outside of ourselves. The root cause is not even a change in our habits because the change in habits is the um, effect, but we need to get to the cause. 
Okay, so you might be saying, Michelle, how in the world do you know? Well, let me just tell you a little bit about what's happened in the last 18 months of my life. So 18 months ago, I was um, just under 300 pounds. Uh, I was taking medication for stress and anxiety. This was even before COVID times, okay? Um, I had horrible heartburn all the time, no matter what I ate. Uh, I was suffering injuries, just weird injury stuff. Um, I was having a lot of issues with my hair, my skin, my nails. I wasn't feeling, honestly, I wasn't feeling human. And I had a lot of low energy moments, as in like, I can't send that email. I can't make that phone call. I just can't do it. I had a lot of joint pain. And guys, I just turned 42. I'm still young. Um, and I will tell you this, that I was on an insulin pump for diabetes, and I was using 100 units of insulin a day. Um, not, that's not so good. <laughs> and flash forward to today, I am just under 200 pounds for the first time since before I had kids. Woohoo. Still going, still going. Um, I am taking no medication for stress, anxiety, heartburn. Um, I have actually, I haven't, I'm not using insulin anymore for, for the last five or six months. Think about that. hundred units down to nothing, right? Uh, totally blew my doctors away by the way. Um, but I'm also just more energetic. I have less sick days. I have more days where I enjoy myself. I enjoy my children. Thank God, because we've all been stuck in this house together. It's probably a good thing if you enjoy each other, right? And I've, I started walking again. I'm doing yoga a few times a week, remembering that I really love that. I love that connection. Um, and it seems like it's all coming together without me having to work and do anything. So I don't track my calories. I don't track my exercise, honestly. Uh, I have a different relationship with food now. I enjoy food. Um, right before this, I actually had a donut and I loved it. So, you know, my relationship with that donut has changed. It used to be that I would like gulp it all down. And now every time I take a bite with the donut, I think about something I'm grateful for in my life. And I find I take much smaller bites of the donut because it's like the first bite is really big. And then the second bite is smaller because I realize I like this feeling of being grateful. And so my focus has turned from what does this donut taste like? And I really want this donut and I'm just going to have it to, oh, this is a great opportunity to me for me to be grateful. And so I take smaller and smaller bites. And by the time I'm done with the donut, it's like, I didn't even, I didn't focus on the donut at all, but it wasn't like before when I would just eat the donut, actually, I would eat maybe two or three donuts. Um, but this time, I loved the donut. And that's just a different way to look at it. So um, I, I'm living a, a much more free life, doing what I want, doing what I love. So what changed? Well, a mentor of mine I started working with about six, six months ago, really taught me the connection between trauma, drama, and stress and how there's certain emotions that are tied to what I call weight storage. So um, the research shows us that there are 25 emotions that when they are unprocessed, so that's the biggie, because if you, 
if you pro you can process any emotion or situation or trauma and be the better for it there's a lot of research out there on resilience that will show you that but typically for those of us who are on this weight loss journey and have been there for a long time we have a lot of traumas dramas and stresses that have not been processed and so we need to learn how to do that and when we do that it's it's uh, this magical process where the body and the brain are so connected that the, the body says, oh, we don't have anything to attach this to now. And it just starts to automatically release the weight. So you don't have to focus on tracking anything as long as you're focusing on processing out those emotions. So uh, over time, what happens when we're not processing is that our bodies are literally storing that weight and they are trying to send us a message. They are literally, you know, over time as we're, we just keep adding on, adding on, adding on. So we tend to look at pills or fads or um, some sort of plan that's going to help us, again, looking at that outward focus, right? But the cause is inside. So um, there's some brain science out there that says that any, that a belief drives your behavior. Man, I wish I had at least an hour to talk to you about that. Uh, that's a, a, a main body of my teaching that I work with um, all kinds of people on. Belief drives behavior. Uh, that's why you're here, right? You're, you're here on a Monday morning, or I don't know what time zone you're in, uh, but you're here. You chose to be here this week. It wasn't like you got up and you decided, you know what? I don't have anything to do today. I think I'll jump on Zoom and, and just see what's happening in Zoom world today. No, you, you thought, okay, I know if I'm gonna show up, I don't know what's gonna happen, but something good is going to happen, right? You had a belief that being here was good for you. So it drove you to be here, okay? Belief drives behavior. If you don't have the belief that you can lose the weight, guess what? It doesn't matter what you try, you're not going to lose the weight because at some point you're going to sabotage yourself. And, and when I say you, I really mean we, okay? I'm included in this too. It's not like I'm standing here saying, oh, I've got it all figured out. Oh, I'm, you know, perfect because I'm still on my journey too, okay? Now we can have belief in two different parts of our brains. So we have our conscious brain and we have our subconscious brain. Your conscious brain is your awake, aware, alert brain. This is the, the part of the brain that I really hope you're using right now. Um, this is the part of the brain that when I send my 16-year-old son out and he's driving, I really require him to use that part of his brain, right? And in this uh, part of your brain on a normal day, you're probably using it about 5 to 10% of the time. Now your subconscious brain is where your feelings, your values, your wants, your needs, your identity, your self-image, that's where that lies. It also houses all of your habits. So habits can be anything, how you tie your shoes, how you brush your teeth, you know, everything from, now take a breath, don't get triggered on this one, okay? Everybody take a deep breath. In your subconscious, you have a program for how to change the toilet paper roll, okay? So, you know, when you, when you get on Facebook and everybody's arguing about this, listen, we all have our own way of doing that, right? And that's squarely in your subconscious. So how you have approached your health journey is most likely 
coming from your subconscious because that's where your beliefs really are. And we can train our conscious brain to think differently over time. There's two ways that you can bring a thought from your conscious brain to your subconscious. And that's through repetition and through something that is a very strong emotion. Okay, so a, a great example of the strong emotion one is, uh, let's say you're, you're two or three years old and you're out walking with your dad and uh, a dog comes up and he's a little more aggressive uh, and, and you get scared by that dog. You have a very high emotional response. And so you, you download this program in your subconscious that dogs are bad. And then for the rest of your life, you have a fear of dogs and you're not really sure why right? But the opposite can also be true. Maybe the dog came up, licked you, you had a great emotion. So now you have this feeling of all dogs are great, right? That's why I needed to change the way that I looked at that donut. So I consciously decided, what, what am I going to do when I'm eating this donut? And I've repeated that over and over and over again. So now I have a different belief that's driving my behavior, okay? So that's like a mini little lesson into your brain. So two years ago, I actually went and I got um, trained as a facilitator in what's called Psych-K. So that's P-S-Y-C-H hyphen K. If you want to look it up, just Google it, you'll find stuff. And the easiest way to describe Psych-K is that it's a high-speed personal transformation tool. So it allows us to, I look at it as it's the brain science and the spiritual coming together. So it allows us to what we call muscle tests. You have different responses in your body based on a, a, a strong response or a weak response. So we can test if you have a belief. We can do uh, an activity, usually takes less than two minutes. And then we can post test to see if you have the changed belief. And that alone is, is just an amazing process. But I had this epiphany, actually last September is when I started this. I was going, working with my mentor on processing all of these emotions. And then I said, oh, wait a minute, I have this tool called Psyche. Now what we can do is we can take all of that stuff that we just processed and we can clear it out of our system. And then we can scientifically test, am I done with that? So for example, you know, um, forgiveness is a really big one for those of us on our journey. You can actually test to see, have I actually forgiven this person? Um, you might think that you have because you've gone through that process and maybe you've done all kinds of different things, but let me tell you, there's a huge release uh, of peace when you know for sure in your subconscious uh, that that's running the show that you've actually forgiven that person. So um, that's really cool. If you want to talk about that later, we can. But you might say, okay, Michelle, this whole spiritual weight loss thing, it, it really sounds too good to be true. Well, I want to tell you a little bit about my background. So when I was uh, a child, so let me just preface this first though. I believe all parents do the very best that they can for their children. That is my firm belief. I've worked in education, specifically early childhood education, supporting parents. And I know every parent is doing the very best that they can, especially right now. <laughs> and they're doing the best that they can based on what they have and what they know. So my parents, unfortunately, they didn't have a lot and they didn't know a lot, um, but they were still doing the very best that they could. So unfortunately, I was put uh, in some situations that children, it's not the best for them. Uh, we, were, we were definitely poor and not the kind of poor where you think you're poor, 
the kind of poor where you and everybody around you knows you're poor, okay? Uh, we were homeless five times before I was even in kindergarten. Um, and then, you know, there was just some neglect because when you've got two parents who are dealing with their own issues and they're trying to work five jobs between the two of them, you know, they're, they're doing what they can. Um, and there was some abuse, physical, emotional, um, and what I know now is religious abuse, you know? Um, and then, of course, I had several incidences with family members and friends of the family that um, there was some sexual abuse. Actually, that's my, one of my very earliest memories. And that was significant. You know, when, when the parents are trying to keep it all together and just put food on the table and they're dropping you off with uncle so-and-so, again, they're doing the best. Uh, and I really learned over time actually two and three-year-olds are very, very smart. And I learned that to stay safe, I needed to be still, small, and quiet. And in those environments, it really helped me out. But think about this. So uh, here I am speaking to you guys today. How does this match with that idea of being still, small, and quiet? It doesn't, does it? So uh, that's a part of my story of just understanding more about me. Why did I feel that way? What do I want in my life? How can I change my thinking so that I can actually um, do what I love and go out and help people? So I, you know, I became what, what I call a child of the neighborhood. When I was in middle school and high school, I realized uh, that, that my friends, they had a very different life. And so uh, I just traveled from one house to the next, you know, who's got something good on the, on the table tonight? Uh, I learned that if I was very successful in school, if I joined all the things, uh, especially four sports a year, honor society, I mean, you name it, I joined it. And, you know, my friends think that I did it in order to be popular. And in reality, I learned if I stay at school long enough, somebody will feed me. Uh, and, and so I had a bunch of people in my life taking care of me. But I also had absolutely no dreams or thoughts about the future. I remember a coach coming up to me and saying, Michelle, um, you know, I was a junior and he said, where are you going to go to college? And I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, huh, what do you mean? What do you mean? You have almost a 4.0. You're like, where, why are you not going to college? And I was like, why would I go to college? That just seems silly, you know? And he's like, what are you going to do after graduation? And that was when I knew I literally didn't have a thought that there was going to be a day after graduation. And so I'm so thankful for all of those mentors that really helped me in my thinking and helped me to see new ways of being. Um, and then, of course, you know, you, you get married, you know, go to college, you, you see friends doing things a different way. I thought, oh, I'm supposed to just get married and have kids and, you know, become a teacher. And so I did that. And um, I'm very thankful for those times. But I found myself in this position. I'll be honest with you, there was about six months in, in my life where I was pregnant with my third child. Uh, my mother was dying. And just based on circumstances, I had to go three times a week three hours away to sit with her to hear from the doctors. I was working 50 hours a week. Um, so I had a two-year-old, a four-year-old, I was pregnant, my mom was dying. So I get up at three o'clock in the morning, I would drive down, meet with her and the doctors, go back to work three hours away, work a full day, grab my two and four-year-old, my husband was away on training at that time, get everybody fed, clothed, get them all in bed. And then I was finishing up my master's and so then it was homework time. And I would go to bed for about two hours and I would get up and I would do the same thing 
over and over and over again. Now, there's not a lot of time for reflection or thinking about what you want to do. Um, there wasn't even time for laundry and dishes, right? So talking about these uh, processing emotions, yeah, I don't have time to even have emotions, let alone process them. And I say all of that because a flash forward in my life about a year later, and also I was a, um, I'm a recovering people pleaser. Any people pleasers out there? If, if so, give me a reaction. Yeah, okay, good, I'm not alone. You know what I mean then. Uh, and so all of this, I was just trying to keep everybody, at the time I was a leader of um, 25 staff members. And so I was just trying to keep everybody happy in my life. And I had so much stress built up, literally a part of my brain blew up, I had a stroke. So my kids were one, three, and five. And I was 32. And all of a sudden, my life completely changed. Uh, couldn't even use the restroom by myself. Uh, and it took me two years to go through that recovery process. I had doctors tell me that I would never walk again. Uh, I would never talk again. And they did testing and found that I was cognitively at a 10th grade level. And I just decided that is not how I want to live. <laughs> I want to be a, a person who proves doctors wrong. And so I created a secret plan. I could tell you more about that later, but long story short, I have been a speaker on stage for the last 10 years. So as soon as I recovered, uh, within a few months, I did my very first keynote speech to 600 teachers on the power of a positive mindset. Uh, I have, I'm a, a, a runner. I finished some 5Ks. I wouldn't call it running. It's more like uh, a turtle stampeding through peanut butter. Um, but I finish and I never walk. So that's my running. Uh, and then I am actually on the last few months of finishing up my PhD in education. So I, I say all of that because what I'm sharing with you today has been a huge part of my story, not just in becoming healthy, but really becoming the person that I want to be. Um, so Psych K has been a huge godsend for me. It's really helped me to create different changes in my life, but also to see that I have power. And you know, the, the one thing, if I can share this with you today, and I might even have you write this down, you have power and you've always had power. We just don't remember. You know, these, these uh, traumas and dramas and stresses that we've had in life, they, they, they kind of come and they steal our power from us. And then we find ourselves in a situation and you might find yourself in there, that situation this week where you're like, I know I can do something. I just don't know how, or I don't know, I don't know how to get going. Really, you just need to remember the power that you've always had. Okay, please write that down. I remember the power I've always had. Awesome, Kathy, love it. I remember the power I've always had. So throughout this process, I've found um, becoming healthy is not about having a gym membership. It's not about having a, a health plan. Um, it's not about the fad. It's not even about the mentors or the gurus and the process and the plan. Because listen, uh, if you believe that whatever the plan is, is going to work for you, it will work for you. Uh, I had a friend who was going on a diet and he, um, he was doing this lemonade, um, cayenne pepper, something or other fast for like four weeks. 
And he's like, oh my gosh, this is working for me. I'm like, great, awesome. He's like, you should try it too. I said, not only no, but hell no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so be wary of people who are on Facebook or social media telling you this is the, this is the thing. That might be the thing for them, but if you don't believe it, then don't do it because it's not going to work, right? I, I'm apparently in a love affair with donuts right now and, and I'm still losing weight. So that works for me. So if you want to follow my fad, come on over. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> I have had clients that basically what happens is that they go through and they, they process these emotions. So again, I said that there's 25 emotions that research shows us that we hold on to weight. So what the results that I've seen, one guy he is moving now. Now he's about 400 pounds. So just the uh, action of moving is really a big deal. And he's gone so far as to not just start moving himself, but now he's hosting challenges on Facebook to all of his friends and family so that they can all move together. Um, he just did this squat challenge where in, in one month you're supposed to do 150 squats. He's like, Michelle, would you do it with me? And I was like, yeah, but do I have to do 150? <laughs> I'll do it with you in, in spirit of being with you, right? And then this month, his, uh, his challenge is planking. And he's like, will you do it with me? And I said, no, I'm good, but I'll watch you. I love you. Um, and so to see him moving and, and just enjoying moving, you know, of course, he's going to lose weight. Of course, you know, that, that's a natural result. But his focus is on getting to know himself and his body. Um, I have another one who has always been on these dieting journeys and she said, I don't want to diet anymore. I want to just enjoy my food. So I've taught her this process of, of gratitude as she's gone through, um, you know, and we're, we're creating kind of a group of people who we also like to surprise our doctors. So there's many of us who are going in and our doctors are like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that your cholesterol is so good. Oh my gosh, your blood pressure, like what have you been doing? And I always encourage them to say, the first time I want them to say, I've been doing some very deep internal work. And without fail, every single time the doctor comes on and says, um, yeah, no, really, what are you doing? <laughs> and then of course we have to say, well, I'm watching what I eat, I'm exercising, whatever the doctor approved things are, right? Because the doctors are more on the science side of things and they don't necessarily see all the time the spiritual work that we can do to, to release that weight. So one of the really cool things is that we're actually right on day three on a challenge that we're doing. And every day we pick one emotion and we go through understanding what that emotion is. Uh, and then also how has that shown up in your life in the past? How is it here now? And some of these things we have um, emotions about the future. So for example, our, our emotion for today is fear. Um, so there's a lot of fear that we all have, especially from the past, but of course into the future. When I went through this process for myself, I realized I didn't have a lot of fears about myself, but I had a lot of fears related to my kids, uh, especially my 14-year-old daughter. She just has a personality that's a little more um, driven and controlling. She knows what she wants. She's always known what she, she, could, she could rule the world if she learns the value of people, she's not a people person. And so I have fears for her future and I had to release those because it was keeping weight on me. Um, we've also processed so far this week, shame 
and anger. Those are two biggies. Um, it's not an easy process, but sitting down and really thinking about, you know, this idea of shame. When have I felt ashamed? When I went through, I thought, oh, I've been working on myself for years. There won't be that much in there. And when I started going, I was like, oh man, yeah, okay. I see the writing on the wall here. Uh, and I, I think I might've gotten four or five pages of, of times in my life where I felt shame. And so I got to the end of it and I was like, well, okay. I mean, I guess it's good that it's there. Acknowledging, noticing, observing it is really important. And then I followed it up with a site K, what we call balance. So this is really where we focus on the subconscious brain. So uh, I just put my hand on the, the page for all of the things. And I did one of these site K balances. The tremendous amount of peace that I had afterwards was surprising to me. And then I went through and I did the muscle testing to see uh, did I really process all that out? So I randomly pulled 10 things off my list and tested them. And sure enough, there was no more stress related to those things. And I can probably pull out my notes right now. I could tell you about all of those events. I have all my memories. It's not like we wiped it clean. Um, but I just wouldn't have the emotion attached to it. It's kind of like when I tell you about, hey, I was poor. Hey, I was sexually abused. Hey, I was this, I was that. Like, I hope you can tell. Yes, it's important to the story and I know it's going to help but it's not me anymore. Does that make sense? Okay. So um, as we're going through this challenge, it's really, really neat to see people having this awareness of, oh my gosh, I didn't realize this pattern about myself. So one person yesterday said, uh, yeah, I'm having a really hard time with the anger thing. I just, I can't find times in my life when I've been angry. I was like, well, that's interesting. Sit with that. See what you think. And then uh, today we're talking about fear. And she's like, whoa, okay. So apparently all of these things I was trying to take care of yesterday have nothing to do with anger and everything to do about fear. I was like, you need to know that. You need to know yourself. So, you know, really what I'm trying to share with you today is that when you try to go in and listen, I'm a firm believer in meditation, um, journaling, practicing gratitude, all of those things. Those are tips, tools, tricks, strategies that help us. And you need to go inside. You need to know you. And this is why I tell people, stop listening to gurus. Start listening to yourself a little bit more because you need to know your own patterns and uh, what to do about that. So um, I'm going to... in. In the chat, I'll actually leave the link. If you want to join us on the challenge, awesome. If not, that's okay too. Um, after this week, we're going to offer up an opportunity to continue on the journey of, of finishing up those 25 emotions. Um, so I went through this journey. I very stupidly thought as I was working with this mentor because it was, I saw in, in the book that I was working on these 25 emotions and it was lesson one. And I was like, oh, this is only going to take me one day, right? Oh, no. It took me about 30 days to actually go through all of that. And I just took it slow. I realized after doing it the first couple of times, take it slow. It's going to be okay. Um, and that it's, it's a very intentional process. And quite frankly, it's not fun. <laughs> um, it is very simple, very profound. And there's a reason why we call it a challenge. 
And uh, I'll tell you what, that all of the things that I, I was using my willpower on to do before, I don't even think about, and it's just happening. Uh, since September, I've lost another 50 pounds. No tracking. I mean, exercising maybe three or four times a week. Now, please hear me here. I'm not, I'm not here, you know, because you've got a lot of great speakers coming up in the next two weeks. And I do not want you to think Michelle's here to tell you, oh, don't worry about any of all of that other stuff. I just think it's a really good firm foundation for what you're going to do in the next two weeks to know that the most important thing is what's inside you. So as you're hearing all of the other speakers, I would highly encourage you to say, how does this relate to me? How does that feel to me? Um, where in my past has, have these things worked for me and where have they not? And how, if they worked for me, how can I bring them more into my life, but in a gentle, compassionate, self-loving way? Because those feelings of blame, shame, and guilt, they keep, kick you off course and they put you in that vicious cycle. So. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and put that in the chat and I'm open right now for any questions that you might have. So if you have questions about, uh, you know, this spiritual process or the challenge coming up or about my story or anything else, um, feel free, go ahead and just unmute. Uh, and if you can't, for whatever reason, unmute, I totally get it. Maybe you got kids in the background or whatever, put a, you can put a question in the chat and we'll, we'll pull that up too. Okay. So what questions might you have? Hey, Michelle, this is fantastic. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. I love it. Love it. Love it. I already knew that you and I were so aligned in what we believe and teach. And it was just wonderful to hear you. Awesome. Talk about it. it was fantastic. Well, my pleasure. Yeah. So my question is, there were a few different people in the chat while you were talking that were wanting to know more about what these 25 emotions are. And maybe, obviously, you're probably not going to list all 25 right now, but yeah. maybe you could throw a few of us out. And one person asked if you'd be willing, willing to post those in the Facebook group as a starting point. Yeah. So um, the easiest way to describe this is any emotion that we as humans label as negative is on the list. Okay. There so you go. You Everyone can, already knows what they are. <laughs> you already know what they are. Yeah, absolutely. There's no magic behind this. So if you want to take a few minutes after we're done here and create your own list, you know, start there. Um, and usually the things that you put on your list, guess what? Those are yours. You already know that you need to do those. So um, sure, I could give you a list, but that's also bordering on this line of me being your mentor or guru and an outside help and use this as an opportunity to really internalize and say, what are the negative emotions I need to work on? A good tip too would be if you can't um, come up with, with some of those things, think about the people around you in your life that you're closest to. What are the emotions that they might struggle with? So for example, um, my husband, uh, God love him, he, he's great, but he struggles with a lot of resistance. So resistance to new ideas. Um, so that's a good one. Um, my my mother-in-law, she struggles with a lot of exhaustion. <laughs> She's just exhausted all the time. It's like she can't pull up resources for conversation, solving problems, right? Um, uh, my sister, love her too. She over functions. 
So she's, she's controlling. She steps into this place of, um, you know, here, I, I really need you guys to help me and do this. She'll say that to, to her kids all the time. I need you to help me and do this. Um, and then the next moment she's like, oh, stop, you're not doing it right here. Let me do that. Right. So, so really you can look at yourself and you can look at people around you. And then the, the key is to go inside and say, I, I usually do a timeline. So, um, let's say forgiveness or unforgiveness is another one. That's a big one. Um, you know, where in your life do you have people, circumstances, situations, events that you might have to work on forgiveness for? And if you just set your timer for about 20 minutes and sit there and let things come, now here's the magic key, okay? Your job is to not to, not to try to understand why that happened. It's not to try to fix you or fix another person. Your job is only to figure out what is in there, write it down, observe how you feel about that, and move on to the next one, okay? Because some people will get into that mode where they're like, okay, I know I have to forgive my, you know, ex-husband for this. And then all of a sudden they start in on the story, right, that they've been telling themselves. And, and, and now they, they get to the point where they have rationalized and justified why they should not forgive him. And that's not the point of what you're doing. You're trying to forgive and release so that you can release the weight attached to that. Oh, I see Una has a, um, her hand raised. So if you, do you want to unmute Una and then uh, share your question? I, I did. Can you hear me now? Yes. Ah, I hate this. Okay. Thank you very much. That, that, that's really brilliant. So if I understand you correctly, this going inside, because we always want to do something. So it's not mm -hmm. initially to fix whatever's there. It's just mm -hmm. to recognize it and take it then the, the fixing comes later. The, the, the important thing is to, to, to recognize it and then carry on to the next one. Absolutely. Yeah, because we as humans, we think that doing is our job. Doing is not our job. Our job is to be. We are human beings. We're not human doings, right? And so wow. acknowledging... <laughs> I <got> goosebumps. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. So acknowledging what you see in there, um, you never got to do that before. That's why you hold on to that. That's why you, it's connected to your body. Your body's yelling. Like your inner child is yelling at you, like, listen up and you're not listening to me. And therefore I'm going to get as big as possible and make you sick so that you have to listen to me. Uh, and so I, I'm trying to listen a lot more to myself, to those tiny moments when my, my self speaks to me, because uh, you can either be guided by the feather very lightly or guided by the two by four <laughs> right upside your head. Uh, you do not want to get to a point where I did, where literally a part of my brain blew up and I had a stroke. Actually, I'm very, very thankful for that. I look back on that. It was the greatest blessing of my whole entire life. I'm a completely different person than I was before. Um, but it also took me 10 years after my stroke to realize, okay, life is kind of falling apart here. Uh, and what, what am I going to do? And so once I started this process of just gently seeing what in the world is inside me uh, and not trying to fix it, because if you think about the, the term fixing, there's an assumption that something's broken. 
And when we see ourselves as broken people, we think we have to fix ourselves. And there's blame, shame, and guilt around being broken. And so if we can switch our mindset a little bit and say, I'm not broken, I'm powerful. And I'm at um, my own current level of perfection. And I know just that thought freaks people out. I usually have my clients, um, they have to come up with I am statements. And one of them is I am perfect. And some of them just cannot even get there. But if you think about a rose bush, when we think of uh, a perfect rose bush, we think of one that's usually in full bloom, right? But right now, at least in, in Midland, Michigan, guess what? We have no full blooming roses. And that rose bush looks very different. But you know what? It's perfect in its current state. And when it has these little tiny buds on them, it'll be perfect in that current state. And so if we can start looking at ourselves as I'm perfect right now where I'm at, regardless of what your health is or, or how big you are or how much you weigh, say, you know what, right now is my current level of perfection. And I wonder what the next stage will be. That's a much more gentle, loving way to be on ourselves. And therefore, we start to choose different ways of doing things, such as, you know, my, my love affair with the donut. Awesome. What other questions might you have? And Carla, I'm going to defer to you because if you want to look at the chat and see if there's any other questions for me, just pull it up. I don't see any, just people making all kinds of wonderful comments. They just love everything you have to say. Oh, and good, me too. good. <laughs> I've been making them too. <laughs> Looks like Kathy has one. Well, I'll talk. I just want to ask about um, the, when you talked about the list mm -hmm. and you talked about dealing with, like just say the fear, you talked about fear was today or whatever. Um, and then you talked about the balance and muscle testing. Can yes. you talk a little bit more about that? Sure, sure. So um, uh, let's say you realize that, um, I'll go back to the dog one, just as an easy example. Say you have a, a fear of dogs and you know this and uh, you know your, your children want a dog for Christmas, right? And you're like, uh, no. <laughs> and, but you know that this is something that your family's being called to do. And, and I'm using this as an example because I literally just had a client six weeks ago um, come to me and she's like, Michelle, my husband, my kids, they all want this and I cannot have a dog. And I was like, well, what do you want instead? She said, I want them to be happy. And I said, so what does that look like? And she said, I want to have the dog, but I'm really fearful. I said, okay, well, let's take care of that. And so as she was talking about, you know, this dog and, and her fear of the dogs, and she didn't even really know where that fear came from. And it's not important to know that really. Um, we get caught up in this uh, wanting to understand where it came from because somehow that's going to help us. And sometimes we just need to let that story go. And so we, we did a session. Um, I, I muscle tested, found out she had, of course, a lot of stress related to that dog, which we knew. Uh, and then we did what's called a balance. So Psych K puts you in uh, a whole brain posture so that both parts of your brain can connect at the same time. And then what happens is we give the, the conscious brain, the awake, aware, alert brain, an activity to do. Usually it's repeating something, remembering something. Um, sometimes it's some sort of like activity to do. Um, so we're basically saying conscious brain, we love you. That's your, your reasoning, your logic, your creativity, imagination. Uh, you've been working really, really hard. You're just not quite getting the job done. So you storyteller, go sit in the corner for a minute 
And then your subconscious, as your brain is connecting, your subconscious brain processes information a million times faster than your conscious brain. And when we get stuck in the story in our conscious brain, the subconscious is there going, hey, hey I'd, like, I'd like to do my job, and it can't. And so that, that balance really uh, enacts the subconscious brain to kind of go in there, find whatever having to do with, with dogs, and let's fix that. And then when you come out of the balance, we go ahead and muscle test again. So we just had her, all right, go back to as close as possible to your stress with this dog. Tell me more about it. And she had a very difficult time getting back there, which is normal because she's just processed it out. She didn't realize that just about everything she thought about dogs really was just fear. And so she said, wow, there's a huge release here. And I'm happy to report that um, she and her whole family are loving their new puppy. Um, she's like, I don't know why I didn't do this before. This is amazing. Uh, so that's a great example. Another on a different end of the spectrum. I have a colleague who's doing this work and she works solely out of Walter Reed Medical Center and she works with returning vets. So as they're coming back and they've gone through some really traumatic stuff, she is able to process that stress with them. They remember you know, everything that happened, but they don't have the, the attachment. And so they're able to go home and still be a part of their, their veteran community and share their stories and use the lessons, but it's not negatively affecting their lives. And we're now seeing from this work after doing it for, I think she's been doing it, I don't know, eight years. And of course she's tracking everything. So they're noticing that the soldiers who are using Site K actually keep, get and keep jobs longer are not going to uh, prison like other vets might, um, are staying in their family. Um, they're being good humans, being good citizens. Uh, less um, chance of being homeless. Uh, and so I just look at that as like, wow, if, that, if we can process stress with our vets and have such a great return, how come we couldn't work on our own health goals, right? Is that, does that answer your question, Kathy? Okay. Awesome. I think so. I think, I think a little bit. Um, can I ask just, did you do anything else other than um, like processing your emotions and things? Like for instance, um, we had somebody come on on talk about intermittent fasting. Did you like, was it something that you did? No, I did find out that, you know, as I was going through this process, I was two or three weeks into it. And I realized that um, my body wasn't liking breakfast anymore. I felt very heavy after eating breakfast. And so I thought, well, what would life be like if I just didn't eat breakfast? And then that's when I kind of stumbled onto this whole idea of intermittent fasting. And really, it was just giving myself permission to not eat breakfast because I've always been told that was the most important meal of the day. And if you miss that, everything's screwed up. Uh, and I think I've kind of proven that wrong now. I have more energy now when I don't eat breakfast. Uh, it's a weird thing. I don't know how to explain it. Maybe, you know, the next person on intermittent fasting can explain it a little bit better. Um, but I really didn't do anything else for four weeks. I just processed emotions. And I really entered into this, like, this is what I'm going to do. I made a commitment to myself and said, this, this is the most important thing. And really at the end of, you know, working through your own list that you're going to make, if you don't lose any, any weight, what are you out? You've just gotten to know yourself better. You've released some emotions. You're, you know, you're becoming a more, um, a more complete version of yourself because you're remembering who you are. 
Awesome. Anybody else? So I, I will, um, I left the link uh, here. I'll put it just one more time. Um, the link there, if you want to join us for our challenge, we're just processing one emotion every day, um, kind of encouraging everybody. So if that's something that you're, you're interested in, if it's not for you right now, that's okay too. Um, I will put in the Facebook group this link and also my email. So if you have any other questions or thoughts, um, I did see several um, people making comments about you, you wish some family members had access to some Site K. I do private sessions, but that's, you know, we'll talk about that later. Um, and if you want to join uh, a challenge that we're going to do probably later, I, I'm, this is the first time I've done this challenge. And so it was really just a grand experiment, but we're on day three of seven and I'm going, yeah, we're going to have to do this again. <laughs> um, there's people who, who are like, oh, can my so-and-so come in? I'm like, no, no, not, not anymore, but we'll run it again. And so in the future, if you want to do that, just say, I want to do that challenge in the future because you've got some really amazing things happening in the next couple of weeks. So you might not want to be pulled away to go do something else. You really get plugged into this community and see what's right for you. And if you come out on the other side and you say, I'm feeling led to go ahead and do that challenge with Michelle. Awesome. Send me an email. We'll put you on the list. Awesome. Carla, this anything fantastic. else? No, this is great. Thank you so much, Michelle. This is just wonderful. And thanks for sharing with us your story and all of these wonderful tools. I just love it. Um, I know the women that already work with me are like dinging bells all over the place with so many of the things that you said and people that are new here. I mean, I just love, love, love that Michelle talks about herself as a whole person, that it is so much the emotional piece and what's happening inside of you, but that you don't have to go back and dig through your whole story and, you know, self-analyze yourself to death, you know, that you've learned this process, Michelle, where you can just release and let it go. And that's really what it's all about. And I just love hearing everything you have to say. Thank you so much for giving us your time today. And um, definitely please post that stuff in the Facebook group and then I'll pin it and make sure it goes to all the right places so people can find it easily. Awesome. We'll do. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, so I usually tell people when they're done with me, uh, um, I release you into the wild to go forth and prosper. <laughs> oh, and your podcast, tell people, post oh, your podcast yeah. in the um, group. Yes, I'll post my podcast too. Uh, the title is Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life. Uh, so we focus a lot on how to change up here so that things on the outside change very quickly. Um, so we've got some really cool stuff coming up here soon. Uh, we've just kind of come off the last few months of really talking about stress. So you can always plug into some of those old podcasts and, and have more of what we talked about today. Um, so yeah, I'll post that as well. Awesome. awesome. All right. Well, everybody have a great day. See you at the next thing. All right. Okay. Bye -bye. Thanks, Michelle. Bye-bye.